0: The penultimate day of June has arrived, and with it, another quick summary of things that have happened in the recent past, as well as informational tidbits about things that are coming up in the region. In this edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a look at housing and transportation across the area. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, there's information about the Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership. Charlottesville schedules an information session on construction of the Belmont Bridge replacement. And Rockingham County gets a grant to study better ways to dispose of animal waste in that community. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, help support Black-owned businesses in the Charlottesville area. Check out the Charlottesville Black Business Directory at SevilleBlackBiz.com and choose between a variety of goods and services ranging from beauty supplies, e-commerce and professional services. Visit seavilleblackbiz.com as soon as you can to get started. And now today's show. Do you want to know what's going on with the construction of the Belmont Bridge replacement? The city of Charlottesville has scheduled an information session for August 11th for the project, which is officially underway now that the city has issued a notice to proceed to Caton Construction Group to begin the work. The city's contract with Caton Construction Group is for $23.7 million dollars. According to a release sent out this morning by the city, one of the first steps will be the construction of a temporary public parking lot on East South Street. The medians on Avon Street and 9th Street will be removed beginning in early August, along with utility relocation. The terms of the contract require traffic on the bridge to be open during construction, though there will be temporary closures that will be publicized in advance. Speaking of road projects in Charlottesville, One lane on Emmett Street near Ivy Road will remain closed from 7 a.m. through 5 p.m. each weekday through July 31st. The closure will allow a contractor to relocate a natural gas pipeline from the west side of the street to the east. The work is part of the University of Virginia's plans for the Emmett-Ivy Corridor, which includes construction of a new hotel and conference center, as well as new buildings for the School of Data Science and the Karsh Institute of Democracy. An organization that seeks to ensure an independent celebration in Charlottesville each year has raised enough funding to proceed this July 4th. Celebrate Us Charlottesville has raised enough funds to proceed with an event that will begin atop Carter's Mountain shortly after 9pm on Sunday. The event will also be shown on MeTV and slightly later on Fox 27. Sponsors who helped bring the amount over the top include Wendell Wood and Alan Powell slash SNN Communications. Any additional proceeds will be donated to the Ronald McDonald House. Governor Ralph Northam has announced the latest recipients of planning grants from the Virginia Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. One of these AFID grants, which stands for Agriculture and Forest Industries Development, has gone to Rockingham County for their research into equipment that can convert organic waste into soil, and a methane biogas that could be sold as a commodity. Here's a quote from the press release. The $20,000 aphid planning grant will be matched with local funds and will explore the financial feasibility of such a facility, available waste streams, potential locations, and ownership structures. If you've been to Potter's Craft Cider in Albemarle County, their operations at Neve Hall on U.S. 29 were funded in part by a $50,000 AFID grant as part of a $1.56 million investment. The terms of the performance agreement between Albemarle County, the Albemarle Economic Development Authority, and Potter's Craft require the creation and maintenance of at least five new jobs and the purchase of nearly $520,000 in locally grown apples. The Central Virginia Regional Housing Partnership is nearly finished with a plan intended to coordinate efforts to increase the number of below-market housing units across the six localities of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District. The title of the document is Planning for Affordability, a Regional Approach. Anthony Harrow is the executive director of the Thomas Jefferson Area Coalition for the Homeless.
1: We felt that it was important to somehow identify what was particular to the region instead of just rehashing individual action steps that might be found in the individual chapters for each locality. And this led to some good
0: conversations about how to track regionally these goals. The plan is intended to foster collaboration that pools resources and improves communication about housing issues in order to reduce pressure on individual localities to shoulder the burden alone. But Haro said that won't happen without coordinated implementation.
1: You know, this naturally led to the question of who's going to track these
0: regional goals
1: um, and who's responsible for overseeing the region.
0: There's also an additional chapter for each locality in the region. Each of these may or may not be presented to the governing body in each before being approved by the entire Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. Christine Jacobs, the interim director of the TJPDC, outlined what would happen between the June 23rd meeting and that consideration for approval.
1: Between this meeting and when it would go before the Planning District Commission, we will be working with individual jurisdictions to get their feedback to present as as they direct us to
0: Jacobs noted it was no coincidence that the recommendations for Charlottesville matched those in the affordable housing plan adopted by council this March, such as a commitment to invest $10 million a year in affordable housing. That is completely (laughs) intentional to not have a document that is conflicting with or competing with the city's uh, affordable housing plan as approved. The partnership voted to move the plan on to the next step. Then they discussed their budget which at the moment appears to be short for the next fiscal year. There's enough money to begin, but they'll need to find more money to complete out the fiscal year, which is June 30th, 2022. Keith Smith of Fluvanna County is the chair of the Regional Housing Partnership. If anybody wants to write
1: a $75,000 check, we'll be more than happy to take it.
0: The partnership did not vote on a budget, but members agreed to return to their organizations and governments to discuss additional funding. Albemarle Supervisor Ned Galloway is on the partnership's executive committee, and he said he understood that the ask might be tricky.
1: I think everybody agrees, though, that the partnership is worth it and we want to see it continue, um, but it can't be done without the resources.
0: Before adjourning, members have the opportunity to let the others know what's happening in their jurisdiction or at their nonprofit. Sunshine Mathon, the executive director of the Piedmont Housing Alliance, said housing nonprofits are still trying to determine how much funding will come out of the American Recovery Plan. That information may not be fully known until later this year. Everyone remains optimistic that we're going to see a really powerful surge in funding, which is hopefully going to catalyze significant impact. But uh, it's a little hard. It's hard to plan that far out. Um, as well. In a future newsletter, we'll have more from the Seaville Plans Together initiative and feedback on the future land use map. City Councilor Michael Payne said the real work will come when the zoning ordinance is updated. Um, I think there's a question of whether as a city government and as a community, we're actually going to uh, put our money where our mouth is and actually make some of those zoning changes that haven't happened for a while for a variety of reasons. But uh, Uh, now is the time over this next year where I think we could actually do something big there. The last rezoning was in 2003 and saw the creation of several mixed-use zones throughout the city, as well as residential districts intended to increase the number of University of Virginia students who could live closer to grounds. The future land use map has caused concern from many in Charlottesville, as reported by City Councilor Lloyd Snook. We are finding that an awful lot of our very good
1: liberal friends are a little bit horrified to learn that we might be proposing to have an apartment building in their backyards. Uh, And so there are some interesting tensions that
0: are manifesting themselves at the moment. Snook said the Planning Commission has only looked at a draft report, and it has not been approved by either the Commission or the Council.
1: And there are lots of lots of arguments to be had, so stay tuned.
0: Brandon Collins, an organizer with the Public Housing Association of Residents, acknowledged there is tension with some of the city's neighborhoods.
2: Part of this is the leadership in the city hasn't really gone to those communities and sold the idea of rolling back segregation. Um, and, and really presenting that as a positive, um, to the community, you know, honestly, uh, myself and and some other advocates aren't necessarily the people to sell that to those neighborhoods. It, It needs to be other voices.
0: Earlier this year, the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority broke ground on the renovation of Crescent Halls, a nine-story building that recently suffered a water main break on the seventh floor.
2: We've got renovation of Crescent Halls, which, um, you know, challenge-wise uh, may may wind up costing a whole lot more uh, than anybody had, had even imagined even a few days ago. So... Um, and some of that is related to the supply issues—not um, just the cost, but but um, getting supplies in when when you need them on your schedule. Collins
0: also said there have been obstacles in dealing with the city's Department of Neighborhood Development Services.
2: We are still uh, have a challenged relationship with the uh, Planning Department at the city, and that. Um, I think we're trying to work on that, uh, but it definitely remains a work in progress. Finally,
0: from this meeting, and for this installment of the show, Anthony Haro said several agencies have received emergency vouchers to help with homelessness, but many continue to struggle to find places for these to be used. But he did relate this information: we have uh, an all-time low number of homeless
1: veteran or veterans experiencing homelessness in our in our area, which is really exciting, and actually we're we're at the precipice of being able to declare a functional end of homelessness, which I really struggle with saying that. Um, It's really a technical term about the number, but it's it's hovering at five to six veterans experiencing homelessness, where previously we've always hovered around 15 to 20. So that is a real significant shift um,
0: in our system of care, which is fantastic. Haro said the goal is to bring that number to three or lower by September. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm wondering if any of you can tell on the podcast if things sound a little bit different. This is the very first time that I have used my remote equipment to record this. I'm actually in a different community today. Which one? You'll just have to guess. But of course, I will be back tomorrow with more information about Charlottesville and the region around it, and I do hope that you have enjoyed this program. I'm gonna put another pitch out there today, this time for Patreon. Thank you to somebody who did sign up yesterday for the $25 a month level. Thank you to the person who signed up for the $42 a month level. Thank you to anybody who's able to open up a little bit of your bank account to send something to me to keep this program going. If you listened to the $10 a month Patreon podcast for this week, you would know that in the near future, I'm going to be experimenting with doing more interviews in the field, bringing you more information, and just generally trying to talk to more people about what's going on. And you can support that through Patreon. Thank you very much to all of those who have done so for the past year, and I really am glad that we're doing this together. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host. I will be back tomorrow with another edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. In the meantime, stay safe out there and stay cool.